Hey everybody, welcome back to A Higher Future. I'm UV Simignetti, and as always, I'm here with Dr. Nicole Gravagna. How are you? Good morning, UB. Who are we talking with today? So this is going to be a really fascinating, I mean, we've already spent like 35 minutes talking about all this stuff because it's super fascinating. So um, if you remember, you know, one of our early guests was Jeff Vargas from Generationology, and we were talking about the five generations in the workforce. And so today we're joined by Hannah Williams. She's the founder of Overture Consulting. And we're now going to talk about the Gen Z generation and, and its impact on the future of work. Um, so first of all, how are you, Hannah? Welcome. I am great. I feel fortunate to be alive and it's beautiful. Exactly. And you're, where are you? You're in um, Tennessee? Yeah. I'm in no. Asheville, North Carolina. North Carolina. We're the I little nestled town right here in the mountains. Oh, beautiful. Awesome. Well, yeah, we're really excited to have you here. And, and I, I want I want to start with kind of your background. Like how how did you get to this point? Because you're you're really at the forefront of a new generation and understanding and helping the other generations understand Gen Zers. But but how did you get here? This is a an interesting journey that I've taken, UV. So I'm I'm 23, and I my actual introduction to the world of business and entrepreneurship came from my Gen X dad. So this this uh, story kind of started out when I was 12. So I was in the back of my dad's blue Chevy pickup truck. We're bouncing down the highway. You know, I'm 12 years old. I'm a homeschooled student at the time, and I'm, I'm actually the oldest of seven children. So I've got that older child responsibility. Well, my dad started his real estate business when I was very young. And so starting around age 12, he would start taking me to work one or two days a week. And, you know, here I am, I'm 12 years old. I'm just doing my things. At the time, we're, you know, collecting rents door to door because we didn't have technology the way we do nowadays. So I'm sitting in the back of his blue Chevy, we're bouncing down the highway, and I'm just sitting there doing my homework. And he turns to me suddenly and hands me his cell phone. And he says, hey, Hannah, the cell phone's ringing, and there's a guy at the other end of the line who wants to sell his house, and you're going to close the deal. And I just was I was blown out of my mind. I was scared. I, you know, I took the phone like, dad, what do I do? And I fumbled through this call. Well, two weeks later, we had the house under contract. It was a duplex and my dad actually still owns it. We ended up purchasing this house. So I was kind of thrust into this world of business at a very young age, didn't have a clue what I was doing. And somehow my dad, who is actually not atypical for many uh, dads in that generation, Gen X, um, thrust me into the world of business and I developed a, a fascination for it. So I started reading books, uh, you know, Richard, uh, Roger Dawson's Secrets of Negotiating and, you know, just books on all sorts of different facets of business. Fast forward um, two years and my parents being the, the very Gen X typical parents they are said, you know, you should probably think about something other than typical college. So we went to a seminar and they talked about online education. So I ended up enrolling in my online degree program at 14 and graduating with my bachelor's at 18. So here I am kind of propelled through by my parents into not only business, but through, you know, a fast track through education, which enabled me to enter the world of consulting at 18. 
And since then, I, I've just recently broken off and founded Overture Consulting. But when I was 18, I worked with some incredible brands um, through the Biltmore Center for Professional Development, where we went out and trained um, hundreds of other companies how to take practices of luxury hospitality into their healthcare business or their financial services business. And I found myself, so at 18, uh, traveling around the world, training other companies how to, how, to, how to develop their business better. And that's a whole story we could delve into of how I was able to get into that world. But it's, it's truly my passion is you know, seeing companies grow and leaders grow and become better and build uh, radical empathy for each other. And here we are today. I've started my own business focused on a Gen Z consulting and helping mm -hmm. companies leverage us as a competitive advantage. All right. Well, that that's a fabulous story and such an interesting yeah. image of you as a, a fresh-faced child holding this cell phone saying like, "All right, make it happen." Somebody is telling you you can make it happen and and you do. And and it must have laid a huge foundation for you and I wonder how many other people have similar stories. It it um didn't occur to me what that value system of Gen Z saying, hey, you can make it, or Gen X saying that you can make it um, however you want to, which Yubi and I know quite well, we are both Gen X. And um, we, I had no idea what value system we were imparting on the next generation. Right. <laughs> okay, cool. This is how this plays out. Very interesting. So tell us, uh, who is Gen Z? So first of all, I'll say Gen Z is yet another generation who uh, decided to stick with the dumb name we were given us, <laughs> Gen Z, which has no descriptor. <laughs> um, no, so Generation Z is uh, born between 1995, and we're still trying to figure out where the end is. A lot of people say 2012, 2013. So if, if you're under age 25 and you're not, you know, brand new, then you're probably in Gen Z. So we're seeing hmm. these Gen Zers. Uh, just come out of college, they're getting their first jobs. Many of us graduated right during COVID last year. So it's a very interesting uh, place to be. And of course, many of the younger Generation Z, so, you know, eight, nine, 10 year olds, were just going into middle school when last year happened. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that will have ramifications. I mean, the, the pandemic will have incredible ramifications for people who didn't have a graduation ceremony, didn't have a prom, didn't have um, all of these coming of age elements that may, may create some ripple effects in, in later life for sure. Uh, but let, first things first, I, employers would think, okay, Gen Z, these people have grown up with computers their whole lives, digital literacy or digital native. And, and is it always the case? For, for this generation that computers are part of your life and are they good at using computers? I'm so glad you brought this up because this is an important conversation to have. So like you said, Nicole, so many companies focus on, or so many people, when we talk about the next generation, this stereotype is that every Gen Zer is great with technology, they're digital natives, but we need to take a second look, like we need to dive a little bit deeper into what we mean when we say digital natives. And I need to draw the distinction here by saying Gen Z may be digitally native, but we're not digital lovers. And, and what I mean by that is 
think about what, what native actually means. So if you're a native of, say, Korea, you're going to know what it's like living in Korea, and you're going to know the colloquial, uh, colloquialisms, if I can speak, that, that come from that era or from, from that country. If you are a, a native of New Orleans, you're going to know it when you're in the French Quarter to avoid certain people. When we visit those places as Americans, uh, and, and you know, if, if we grew up in New York and now we're going to New Orleans for vacation, we may not understand what it's like being a native. We can do as much as we, uh, as we can to learn or Google or, or try to listen, but it's really hard to be a native somewhere. It's really hard to not be a native somewhere and truly understand the language or, or you know, the local happenings. And it's the same way with, with the digital world. Gen Z is the first generation that has grown up as digital natives, meaning that other generations can use technology the same way we do. They have you know, access to YouTube, access to um, anything that the internet provides, but Gen Z speaks digital language. We, we have a true understanding that a native would have, just like a native of a country, uh, about the internet. And, and so what that has turned into is because it's so natural for us, we take it for granted. You know, we, we actually, there's so many studies that show that Gen Z actually, because the fact of we're, we're natives, we prefer face-to-face -face communication in the workplace and at home, where we crave personal connection because it's not as normal for us as it was for other generations. And 62% of us in, in a recent study were saying that we actually prefer face-to-face -face communication over digital, in, especially in the workplace. Huh. That's absolutely fascinating. And it's, I mean, again, going back to the, the, um, the outcome of the pandemic, I mean, that's, um, that it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out because you might have, because right now as companies figure out going back into the office versus just permanently working from home or a hybrid model, there's potentially a large chunk of, a, of this generation who will want to be in the office and yes. how, like, and so as a leader, you, I mean, you're, so you, you literally now have five generations who all want potentially something very different in this regard that can absolutely impact um, the future of work. And I hadn't thought about that because you would think everybody just wants to work from home. <laughs> you would. And, and thinking and, about those, Five, sorry, in thinking about those five generations, there's. It makes me wonder: Is Gen Z, uh, and baby boomers, more in alignment than other generations? Yes. So that oh, is that is yeah. a very interesting learning that's coming from the data, and and just what I witnessed from speaking with hundreds of Gen Zers is, we share a lot of surprisingly old-fashioned habits. Because we're digital natives, we, we're demanding, to your point, Yubi, about the five generations in the workplace wanting different things out of you know, flexibility or whatever the case might be. Gen Z is saying, yes, we want to be able to make the choice. So that's, that's one element that comes mm. from this digital upbringing is we don't want a company to say everyone has to be at work three days a week or everyone has to be at work mm -hmm. five days. We want something that flexibly personalizes what uh, the way that we work. So that's one aspect, the way that digitization has influenced how we think. But Nicole, to your point, 
there are a lot of similarities between actually Gen Z and the silent generation. So the generation before boomers, where we crave face-to-face connection. And because of the circumstances we grew up with, there's a lot of desire for things like stability because we've, we've been through so many upheavals politically, economically, socially in our lifetime that it actually looks, our, our life parallels the silent generation's hardship through the world wars a whole lot closer than what the generations in between experienced. So, you know, my generation doesn't really remember 9-11. I mean, I, I may have remembered, you know, someone mentioned something, you know, I was, I was three at the time. So I, you know, I remember something happened, mm-hmm. but what defines my generation more is, oh my gosh, my school could be shot up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking, I'm looking around the lunchroom. I'm scared. Maybe I'm a middle schooler and the next week I'm in lockdown. I don't see my friends. I'm growing up and I can't see people's faces. I don't know how to socially interact. I've seen healthcare plans fall through from my former generation. So, you know, I want stability in my benefits. And I, so we, that, we can have a whole conversation about that, but we actually parallel generations before us a whole lot more closely than we do our, our direct the, uh, millennials directly above us in a lot of ways. Wow. Yeah, it's it's that duck and cover feeling that you get from old posters, right? Teaching kids because there could be bombings mm. coming through school rooms. And so they would tell kids to get under their desks. Obviously, it's not really going to save them, but it was something to do to feel like you could do something yeah. about the danger. And and I just realized how much how similar that concern of of, of your schoolhouse being bombed is similar to being shot by mm-hmm. another student in in a way that I, I had never put together before mm-hmm. that was that really has a huge effect on someone's day-to-day in, and then you yeah. take it to the next level and think about the bombs quote unquote that could be hit on your personal social media so not only could there be danger looming around you physically but you might be cyberbullied if you have any type of brand or you know personal brand or you put content out online you're going to have cyber threats as well and and that's something that millennials dealt with in a way because they were first they were the first generation to really adopt social media but in a way they they kind of stumbled into it they didn't really know mm-hmm. how to use it gen z just naturally grows up with it so it's just natural that we're going to live with this online presence and online threat that other generations didn't have to deal with or at least could screen out god i mean that is just yeah the the connections being made here in my brain right now are insane and it is, it's so important well and, and to tie it back again to older generations nicole remind me that there were um was it baby boomers who valued you know what you know when we were talking about how they valued their brand their relationships their right relationships like, and right yeah, so that was a really big part of baby boomer was valuing your relationships with others and being able to leverage those relationships in a very Mm -hmm. personal way. And so similarly, it sounds like Gen Z, instead of direct relationships, and maybe it is, but maybe it's something else. It's the the brand, the online brand, and that people know you for something, which sounds very much like the silent generation or or what we talked about as traditionalists in that Mm -hmm. episode. Yeah. Yeah, Wow. Okay. So Gen yeah, let's Z. get into that. <laughs> yeah, so Gen Z walks into into their job, right? Okay, here's here's I'm going to apply for this job. I go in, 
And, and now I'm bringing with me this brand that I built that is, what is the brand for? And how do you talk about it? Did you, I hear you coined a term. I did. So yes, let's back up a second and talk about this concept. So Nicole, what you're describing is Gen Z is now walking into the workplace and companies are no longer, when they're hiring Gen Z, they're no longer hiring just an employee. They're hiring someone with a brand. Now, I want to provide the disclaimer that not every Gen Zer is, is, you know, consciously thinking, here's my brand, you know, here's my brand voice and my brand colors. That's, that's not how we approach it. There's a you know, few of us, obviously, who do that, but not everyone thinks that way. However, I had to coin this term to describe Gen Zers' approach to life. And, and the, the term is the narcissist story. So you're going to hear elements of narcissism and then this idea of a personal story. So to help, to help everybody understand this, um, let me tell this story because I think it'll help connect it. So think about being a child or a teenager back in the 80s when Back to the Future came out, right? Like hit movie, you've got all these teenagers going to see Back to the Future. And by the way, I love, I love the movie. It's great. <laughs> um, can you imagine being a teenager who wanted to be Marty McFly? I mean, who, who doesn't want to be someone like Marty, right? He's got the world in his hand in a sense. He's, he's got the ability to time travel. He can change the past uh, or change the present by going back to the past and making modifications. And he has a great sense of responsibility, right? Because he's got the power to change the present by going backwards or forwards in time. And kids in that era, my dad being one of them who tells me this story all the time of, you know, you'd, you work your fast food job or you go to school and then in the evenings or on the weekends, you'd rush to the theater to see, uh, to, to visualize yourself as, as Marty or someone with as much power as he had. Now you jump to my generation in, in 2021 here, and you no longer, as a young person, as an 18-year-old, 15-year-old, you no longer just have to see your heroes on screen. You can actually be them. So think about people like Jack Early, who are on TikTok, and he works a fast food job. He's at Chipotle, and, but he has accumulated hundreds of thousands of followers on TikTok by making burritos on film. So he's become a mini celebrity in his own right by building this personal brand. And Gen Z is looking at that. They may work fast food jobs just like he does. They might work, um, they, they might still be in school but they're able to build these personal brands and, and in real time become those mini celebrities. They're not just looking at Marty McFly. They're saying, no, I have, I have a phone. I have the power of the world in my hands mm -hmm. and I can do with that what I want. Now that has some interesting implications to life and to work, but uh, to your point about you know, a company thinking about hiring Gen Z is you've now got these little little brands walking around, whether it's again, conscious or unconscious. And these Gen Zers are saying, no longer do I just want to be a part of what a company is doing. I want the company to fulfill part of my narcissist story. I want that company to be thinking, how is my role and my day-to-day -day work, not only advancing the mission of the company, but also helping me fulfill my personal mission and whatever that is. So a Gen Zer is now saying, 
here's the life I want to live and the person I want to be known as, and then we're building a roadmap to get there. And work is only one component of that narcissist story, um, that, that self-centeredness. It's Work is one component among other things, like our fashion sense, or who we associate ourselves with, or our friends, or the brands we choose to buy from. They're all part of this integral nar narcissist story and personal story. It's not just, uh, work is not the end-all be-all anymore. <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, there's so much there. And, uh, you know, as a company, it's, you know, how do you capture that? How, like, how do you treat that, right? Like, how do you, because it's, it's, it's not just about putting out a job description anymore. It can't be. It, it's, you, you are literally talking to several different generations, and you've got to find the, the, the right message that's, speaks to each one. But in this case, you're also, uh, you're not just like, you're, you're not just hiring a person. So, so how, you know, what's, what do the leaders have to think about, right? What do companies have to really think about? So you hire a Gen Zer, now what? Like, because there's more to that handling uh, and working with someone from that generation. Is that the title of your book, Hannah? And you say so you've hired a Gen Zer. Now what? <laughs> hey, that that would be a great it actually I mean... a whole separate book. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, my book is actually it's called A Leader's Guide to Unlocking Gen Z. So it does it does touch on the uh, recruitment side, but UB, I want to get I want to get to your point there and and delve into this. I do talk about this in the book, but I want to get really practical here because yeah, this idea yeah. of a narcissist story can get so overwhelming to just think, oh my gosh, I'm hiring a bunch of brands. You know, how do I practically make steps toward improving? You know, say recruiting or attracting based on that. So I actually developed a, a process that I talk about in the book for how you can develop attracting and recruiting messages that, that speak to this narcissist story. So, so to give an example, let's say that you are trying to hire a, a marketing manager position and your company traditionally, you have a lot of things going for you, you know, you've got great benefits, but maybe you can't compete on pay. You know you wanna hire the best person from say out of a tech company in Silicon Valley, but you want to make sure that you position yourself ahead of the curve and what other bigger companies might be able to offer that person. So here's what I would suggest. Instead of spending a bunch of money putting out recruit, recruiting ads on Instagram and TikTok where you think all the Gen Zers are looking, mm. hire a career influencer. So here's, here's what I mean. Find a Gen Zer on your team. Maybe they have a thousand followers on Instagram. You know, they've got a small brand and they've, you know, they've got friends, they have online friends, what, whatnot. Hire that person and instead of spending $50,000 on Instagram recruiting ads, spend 30,000 and add that to the Gen Zers paycheck and pay them to record day in the life videos of what it's like working for the company. So I don't just mean polished videos that are, you know, my life is great and all this. Gen Z is actually attracted to authenticity and bluntness. So if you're, if you're trying to hire a marketing manager and you pay another Gen Z marketing manager to sit on TikTok or Instagram and record short videos saying, you know what? My day was BS today and I just had to deal with this client and it was really difficult and all that. But you know what? Here's what I learned. 
and then list, you know, here are the three things I learned from the day. And it was a challenge for me, but come and join me because you, you guys know you're going to get not only these great things that, you know, we show in other videos of, you know, the great experiences we have and the, and the ways we grow as a team and the ways I'm mentored, but we also have hard days. And I'm going to be honest with you, that type of messaging, just hiring an influencer from inside your business who's authentic and who is a Gen Zer themselves is going to speak leagues of volume to their thousand friends. So much, so much more um, valuable and connected than if you put $50,000 into Instagram ads that may, or, may hit or miss a Gen Zer because they're not coming across authentically. My first thought is there are so many companies who are so not going to do this. And my second thought is there are some companies who are going to do this. And I am so interested to watch how it plays out in a way that is thoughtful, that is working. And that, I mean, in terms of paying, paying your own employees above their salary or like aside from their salary mm -hmm. to pay their LLC or whatever it is they've set their own little company up as to do a different thing that they're hired to do in the salary is um, it's a concept that doesn't seem to it, it there's there's nothing wrong with that like there's it's it's fine right like you're doing a different task you should be paid a separate pot of money for that task and you're probably doing it in your own time and and yet a bunch of companies will never do that and will never be able to get their heads around oh i own this person and everything that comes out of them and and a lot of employment contracts say that mm -hmm. exactly I, I mean there's going to be there's going to be a barrier of adoption and that's why it's a competitive advantage. If a company, it doesn't matter how big you are or how many resources you have. In fact, this is a great strategy if you're a smaller business and you don't have all the bureaucracy and you don't have you know, the, the budget, honestly, to spend on recruiting, you might make a smarter decision by being more personalized with your employees and reaching their smaller audience that could actually fill your positions than if you're a larger company who has money to waste in a sense. So if, if I were in the shoes of a small business and I wanted to hire the best Gen Z talent, I'd be putting a lot of effort and focus right now on saying, how do we compel Gen Zers to see our content in a way that's authentic and that really attracts them to how their story can be played out or amplified by working with our hustlers in, in our business. And maybe it's not a $30,000 salary. Maybe that Gen Z or all they want is a, you know, a $500 gift card every month mm. to spend on clothes and they'll film two or three TikToks a week. It builds their personal brand as well. And, and they may have the assistance if, if you do this well of your marketing team, maybe a person from HR to make sure the right content goes out. It, you're not just letting the Gen Zer fly loose you're having, you're putting a strategy behind the use of these resources and really helping that Gen Zer connect with their peers in a, in a much more strategic and impactful way than you would if you blew a bunch of money on advertising. Uh, okay, the, the future of work is now is exciting uh, for many reasons, but here's what I'm pulling out of this. So uh, the, the organizations who are going to continue to thrive and grow and survive long into the future of work are the ones who are A, listening to our podcast, <laughs> this episode in particular, two, reading your book, but three, really understanding 
and digging into this, this generation that frankly is the future of work for most companies as in the, the pandemic sped this up, right? So you've got older generations who like made a life-changing decision after the past year. And they're like, I'm out, like I'm retiring early, I'm done. And so now, now you, you've got to fill in, in the, these positions, right? And so I think what's gonna be really fascinating again is watching organizations the the ones who get it and the ones who put programs in place whether through onboarding training or mentoring and coaching right to 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 take these personal brands and and figure out a way to help not only the individual gen zers um approach those in a, in a very, uh, you know, with integrity, right. And, and, you know, an impact, um, but also how to incorporate like, and, and what you just talked about, how to, how to have kind of this symbiotic relationship of, I'm going to help you build your brand while you help us build our brand. Cause I mean, that's really kind of what it is. It's a partnership. It's not an employee agreement. And I think that that's, Oh man, it's just going to be really fascinating to watch and companies who get it right, man, they're going to get it right. That is so true. And it's actually this topic of where companies are versus where the future is going to be in the future of work is so fascinating to me that I actually developed an assessment that anybody listening to the podcast can take. Um, I'm calling it the Mm. pulse check. And it's just an assessment you can go take. It'll just take you, you know, five to 10 minutes and you can go and see, just answer some questions and see where you stand as a business on, uh, you know, how well you're speaking to Gen Z and how prepared your workplace is for this new generation. So um, I actually, it's right on my website at the specific landing page for this podcast. So you can go to hannahgwilliams.com slash higher future. And that's that assessment, that pulse check is right on there. Um, I, I have spoken with so many leaders who say, you know, I know I need to transition to Gen Z and, and stop just talking about millennials, but where do I start? Mm-hmm. I have no idea where my business is failing and where we're succeeding. You know, are there things that we're already doing really exceptionally well for Gen Z? And are there areas that we need to improve in? So that's, that's the reason for the pulse check. Oh, thank you for that. It. That's awesome. That yeah. will definitely make sure that everyone knows about that and goes and checks it out, makes it work for them for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And your book is coming out really soon. Um, and so we'll, we'll have a link to that. We'll coordinate all that. You will too, obviously. And so that's really exciting. Um, yeah. I mean, we could keep talking for days, Hannah. This was really fascinating. Like it's just such a critical topic and as far as i mean it's not even a topic right like it's it's an integral part of where we're going uh, from a business perspective so thank you for your time thank you for the the wisdom uh this is just really an awesome conversation thank you both i mean it's the more conversations that happen like this the the better we can create a future together because i mean look at us here we're from multiple generations and, and we can have an empathic dialogue about where, where do we need to go? And, and what are things that we can do individually to help shape the future? Yeah. And hopefully my personal brand now isn't the, uh, oh, look at that old guy who doesn't know what he's saying. He uses words like <laughs> baloney. 
Hopefully I can get some street cred now. So just throwing that out there. <laughs> you already have it. <laughs> this is this is our TikTok, Nicole. <laughs> this is our Ooh. version of TikTok. We All don't right. dance enough, I think. No, I know. We probably need to start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, everybody, for continuing to watch. Um, and we'll check you next time. Take care. <laughs>